Ready? Always ready. Welcome, Alison, to Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Episodes 16. Yes. Yeah. And it should have been 17, but uh, somebody that I'm not going to name names was out of town and we couldn't record that episode last week. <sighs> Who could that be? I don't know. You start to behave a little bit like me, and I don't like I know, that. You gotta be you, Alison. Hey, I can do a podcast about what I did. Actually, I tried to do a podcast from her from the beach, but you were not in podcast mode. I was not in podcast mode. <laughs> I was in beach mode, but that's okay. We've got a great one today. Yeah, we do. Uh, it's a very, very interesting one episode with a uh, critter Ritter. Critter Ritter. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm, go ahead. As far as critters. Mm -hmm. Which one are you most afraid of or just dislike, spazzed out by? Um, what makes you scream like a girl when you see it? <laughs> a guy with a gun? <laughs> <laughs> Those critters? <laughs> They're scary. Jeez, <laughs> um, man. You know what? I I really don't have one. I, I want to say... Anything that sneaks up on me, you know, like, I would be like, ah, but to be afraid, to be, you know, like... So you don't mind snakes? No. I like snakes. I, I, I grab snakes, I handle snakes, I think that I can recognize a good snake from a bad snake. You cannot. Yeah, I can. I don't think so. I do. Um, well... A little bit help of, of Mr. Google, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there is a face, Facebook uh, group uh, that is called um, uh, Snake Recognition, or no, yeah. it's, a, it's a Facebook group that is dedicated. Just you take a picture, you send that picture to the group, and it has like 20,000 members on it. Is. And 30 seconds later, they are answering and saying that's a, F, a X snake or whatever it is. And, now you're trusting some random guy from the internet. That's not really no. too smart. My rule of thumb is don't mess with them. All right, what about rats? Uh, I I'm, used not, to live I'm not in talking New York. about mice. I'm no. talking about like rats. Remember, I used to like. live in New York City, and those rats are as big as dogs. Mm. Like, let me tell you, you walk to the subway, the first time I saw them, because you see them every day, Alison. Over there, they're everywhere. And I heard that the, the problem is so bad right now over there that they just created a kitchen or that they just created a, a, an official department just to deal with rats. <laughs> and kitchen or look, look for Even it. Even more know? reasons not to move to New York. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's, you know, it got some good things and the bad things, but definitely the rats, uh, they don't bother me. Like, obviously I don't want to sleep in a place full of rats, you know, yeah. but they're just, they're just animals. I mean, like, they really want to attack you if you don't. And although those rats are being But they stories, carry lots of diseases. Well, you know, like, I'm not going to sleep with a rat. Do you? No, but if they, they're just gross. So anyway, if we come across these things, mm -hmm. let's see what Jason has to say about And welcome, Jason, uh, to the show. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. So Jason, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you start your company and what's your background? 
Um, that that's a great question. I'll give you the cliff notes because we ain't got all all day. Um, uh, my name is Jason Brabham. I'm the owner and operator of Critter Ritter LLC here in Lexington. We service all the Midlands and Lake Murray. Um, whenever I was in college, I did pest control for a company here in Lexington, and I really enjoyed it just because. Well, honestly, I was good at at, at talking to people. Uh, I was really good at killing things, and then I I also enjoyed not being stuck. And, Hold on, did you just um, say you were good at killing things? Okay, perfect. Yeah, be very specific on that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thankful we are on a conference video call and not here together in the office. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> But you know, um, so whenever I got done with college, I went to the white collar industry for a little while. Um, cubicles and ties weren't necessarily for me. And um, I really wanted to branch out and do something I enjoyed. Well, I enjoyed the pest control part of it. Um, and I learned, needed to learn the termite side of it. So I established my company. I kind of just took a leap of faith. Now, in that, um, My first marriage dissolved whenever I was trying to start this business. I was still doing the white collar job and I was helping uh, my cousin do landscaping on the weekends just to make ends meet because I went from two incomes to one income overnight. Um, and then whenever I decided to take that leap of faith, I kept getting calls for wildlife. And hmm. it was nothing I knew really much about. I've been trapping animals and hunting all my life. But we're talking about a whole different ball game when you start talking about, you know, industrial, residential, and commercial. Those three things are a whole lot different than out in the wild. Okay, so I decided to take every penny I had and spend my life savings, and I paid companies around the southeast because I was single. Yeah. And I paid them to learn this trade, and I traveled all over the southeast. And I was kind of like a nomad. I paid them to work for them. But in that, they gave me experience that I needed. They showed me the ins and outs. They showed me the proper ways to do things. Then I also took those techniques and kind of put my own spin on it um, from the knowledge from the pest control side. So in that, pest, uh, Critter Ritter did pest control, termite, and animal removal. Um, and then um, back in 2009, we closed the pest control side and we closed the termite side because the wildlife side is what we were good at. And, and what are the big differences now that you don't kill stuff? You just prevent stuff to get into house or take them out of the house and then release them? Correct. It's a whole different ball game, once again, than the pest control part. Mm -hmm. You know, pest control, you come in, you spray chemicals, um, you treat, and you, know, you service callbacks termite the same way, you know, moisture control and all that. To be in the real estate industry, you understand about CL100s and all that good stuff. There's lots of liability there, number one, uh, especially on the termite side. You know, you put your name on a half million dollar house, that's a, that's a legal pace. But also, your liability insurance goes way up whenever you're doing that, yeah. right? And one thing I did learn was I would rather be great at one thing than just good at three things. That's that a really good way to look at life in general, I think. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what I did was I totally focused on the wildlife. Like I said, we closed the termite and pest control side back in 09. 
and we've been strictly wildlife ever since. Um, humane strapping, um, green, no chemicals. Um, with the only lethal that we do is for rodents, only because that's the best way. We can be there all day trying to live trap rats, but I'm going to tell you, if you know anything about Columbia, we got lots of rats. And, 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 you, and you need to kill something. Let's be honest here. <laughs> you already said it. <laughs> Look at that, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> yes. So give us some examples of um, the wildlife calls that you get on a regular basis. In this area? Yeah, in our area. Right, and it changes through the seasons. And here's why. Number one, squirrels breed twice a year, once in the spring and once in the fall. So we deal with baby times twice a year, okay? Raccoons are going to be breeding um, late into the uh, winter time and have their little ones. We're still fishing out baby raccoons like right now. It's June. Mm -hmm. um, we're hitting the tail end of that, but their kids will stay with them for up to a year. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we get lots of squirrel calls, lots of raccoon calls, lots of bat calls. We're really famous for our bat work. Um, our record, in, and we're one of the few companies that actually trap and relocate the colonies of bats. Bats are hugely important for the ecological system, but there's guano or feces can be deadly mm. with in a controlled environment. It can be toxic, um, meaning whenever guano is up in an attic, attics get hot. Correct? Yeah. So you think about, and I always, and, and I get blessed a lot about this. I associate it with baking cookies. When you walk in and somebody's baking cookies, you can smell them cookies. Well, these ain't chocolate chips we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but what it does is it produces a toxic fume. With prolonged exposure to that fume, can number one, enhance the effects of asthma, can cause a disease called histoplasmosis, and also cause other respiratory issues. The very first deadly case of rabies in South Carolina that was documented in the past 80-some years was mishandling of a bat in Sumter County. Um, so bats we handle with kid gloves. Number one, they're protected. But number two, they can be dangerous. So we're one of the few companies that are actually qualified to trap and relocate colonies. We don't just put a one-way door up. Mm -hmm. because, that's, because number one, in a neighborhood, that's not good uh, neighbor relations. If you got rid of your bats, and guess what? They're going to the other house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that we're famous for are our numbers that we have removed. Our record residentially is 667 bats, and we've hit that number twice. It was amazing that we hit 667 twice. You Once mean in one location? No, in, in, yes. in one location. You're talking about one house? One house. 600 bats oh, in one house? Oh, my Lord. 667, yes. Was that? And then we hit that same number, the exact same number, twice. Did, you, did, did you put them in the other home? Is where, that what yeah. happened? <laughs> you didn't say where you relocated where them to. Where you relocate 600 <laughs> bats, man? That, that happened in two totally separate counties. So. Yeah, that sounds like Gotham City or something. You cannot revolve business like that. Holy um, cow, man. And then our record, our record residentially is um, one of the buildings that we do a lot of work for the University of South Jason, Carolina. Jason, just going back because I think that is very, very interesting. Were there people actually living in that house? Yes. 
So how do you, I mean, if you already have a hundred bats, you're like, ah, I'm not gonna call these people, I'm just gonna wait. And then now 200, 300 bats, how does that happen? How long does it take to go from say, you know, a handful of bats to 600? A lot of time, Carlos, um, what happens is this, bats are air and opportunity animals. They're not necessarily sure, so they don't necessarily make a hole, but it doesn't take but a gap. Mm-hmm. Like that. And they're going to slip up in there. And what happens is their fur has entrails of urine as well as feces or guano. So that residue is on them. And what happens is over time they start leaving a century. And you go from one to a hundred. And then through a hundred to six hundred. That's that's just insane, man. I, I can't imagine leaving uh, I, I can't. So how how did you trap them? I'm curious as to how you actually remove them safely to be able to relocate. Great question. I'm not gonna give you all my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> you just put the bat signal and they leave. <laughs> oh trust me, I've been called a lot of things and Batman's been a what we did in that particular area in that home, and this has been 15, 16 years ago when we did that project, I want to say we had eight different trapping zones, meaning we had eight different areas that the bats were using on this one particular house. And what we did was we tried to isolate. Um, so what we have to do is seal up every crack and crevice and leave those openings available, hang our receptacle, and then monitor on a daily basis. Now, by law, the requirements for the state of South Carolina and the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources that regulates all the trapping in South Carolina requires you anytime live trapping is being done to monitor these traps once every 24 hours or once a day. So we had daily uh, technicians that went out, me, that went out and checked every bucket, checked every one of them by hand, um, we have to separate our numbers from time to time because what will happen is they're so social, they'll get one on top of each other mm-hmm. and they'll start suffocating each other. Mm. So to prevent that, we would get there early in the morning whenever they've been exposed. We come in, we separate our buckets, and then we do an individual count. At that time, there was no such thing as white nose disease, which it, it, since then had become a very deadly disease that is eradicating I think into the millions of bats in northeast US that has started to drift down. Well we work hand in hand with the DNR biologists. So at the time we're just making sure they're safe. Now we check them for white nose. So yeah. we'll individually put our fingers on every bat that we touch, that we catch. And where do you release them? We have several different farms that I am a part of, whether it be, you know, friends or just people that want the wildlife released there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, if we trap bats in Northeast Columbia, I'm gonna take them to my farm in St. Matthews. Okay. If we if we trap bats in Lexington, we're gonna take it to one of our farms in Fairfield County. So we'll try to separate and divide those numbers to keep those colonies in check. Because if you don't- They will come back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And um, besides bats, raccoons, you mentioned bats, raccoons, squirrels. Uh, we actually had some flying squirrels in, in, in our house. I, I got some traps and got rid of them. They weren't, they were like five or six or something like that. 
Um, do, do you deal? Do you deal with um, snakes too? Yes. Um, yes. Tell me stories. Tell me. Tell me that you found three hundred snakes in one house, please. I want to hear. Yeah. What's your worst? <laughs> what's your worst snake story? Okay. Well, I want to real quick. I want to revert back to what we're talking about with bats because I'm super proud of this number, and I was going to tell. I was going to tell you our commercial record mm -hmm. for bat removal is sixteen hundred. No way. And sixty-five bats. Yes. That's and insane. That came, and we yes, and we were actually shoveling guano. Shoveling it to remove one. It's a crappy job, but somebody has to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Wow, 1,600 bats, man. So I wanted to you know, kind of give you those numbers because we're very proud of those. Mm -hmm. um, and because there's other companies in Colombia and, and in the surrounding areas that don't necessarily have the knowledge or the capability to do what we do. Um, and so we're very proud of that. Because people go, how do you know? Well, we counted every dang one of them. Yeah. And, Yeah. That's, that's what we do. Um, because And you have to love it because you cannot do that stuff just, just I mean, you have to really have a... a passion a, for it. A, a, yeah, that's, that's the right word. Otherwise... It's funny it's because, be you know, we're one of the few companies that actually Clemson University, um, their wildlife biology program, mm -hmm. we have interns that intern with us and eventually come and work with us full time. Nice. Um, it's, It's, it's a niche, but it's not for everybody. But if you have a passion and you have the skill and the know-how and the drive, you can be very successful at this business. Yeah. But you have to have that. If you don't have that, you have to have one thing. And that's all that I tell all my guys, my employees, you have to be motivated with pride. Because if you can see that, prideful, if you're yeah. proud of your work and proud of what you do, what's the point? They're not going to yeah. call you back again. So, right. Jason, uh, just to touch base on a couple questions. Yeah, a couple questions that we had uh, that, that we were interested about. Yeah, so, obviously, the first one that we already did, uh, but didn't get the answer, was the snakes. And the other question was. Um, Have you had cases of people bringing exotic animals and then you, they, they can't control them, you know, say a puma or a tiger or something like that, and they have to call you? You probably had, right? See your face. I had a, I had a great call one time uh, from a lady in downtown Lexington. And you know, we're right here. Our office is not far from, from town. And... Uh, I filled the call and, and it was back whenever it was just me. I was the only guy, you know. Uh -huh. And I was answering the phones, you know, doing invoicing at 3 a.m., all that crap. And I paid my dues, as we call it. She said, There's a monkey in downtown Lexington. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, no, there's not. She's on a bender. There's something <laughs> wrong. You know, I'm, I'm not sure about this. I got a second call and I got a third call. <laughs> a loose monkey. <laughs> Said, 
everybody monkey. I was like, <laughs> y'all can't believe what I'm seeing. He's like, his name is Sam, and he whistled. He came down the tree, jumped to his shoulder, and he walked inside. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, the real, the best um, exotic story. Um, you know, we hear, we hear, we get all kind of funky calls. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, we have a large cat, you know, that um, is wandering around, and then there's this, long time debate on whether or not we have big cats in South Carolina. Um, I've gotten calls about bears. I've gotten calls, and, and they're legit calls. But, because now, um, believe it or not, in South Carolina, we have officially um, bear sightings in every county. Yeah. In the state. And bear yep. has been seen. And we had them- Have you dealt, have you dealt with, there. have you dealt with bears here? In this area, Chapin area, Lexington? Yes, we um, a few years back, we had several bears that were in the area. Um, I was sent a video of one um, that was harassing a bird feeder. And WIS ended up getting this video and airing it because nobody would have believed it. Yeah. The, you know, and it's right here. I mean, it's 10 miles from where I'm sitting right now in Lexington. Did you know that? that it I've heard that. I've heard stories, but thankfully never seen one. All right. One question that always the debates generates a lot of debate. Are they crocodiles, alligators in Lake Murray? No verified. Um, I, definitely not crocodiles because that's that's a whole different continent. We ain't got them, thank God. Um, we I have visibly seen um, right here uh, where I'm at is off Cornell Road, and the river is right here. Um, we had one. I think it was 11 foot gator wash up a few, probably 20 years ago um, on the Saluda River, on the Saluda River, uh, Saluda Shoal side okay. of the river. But he was dead. And here's why because they can't regulate, they're cold blooded, and the water coming out of Lake Murray is so cold, he froze to death. Mm. But he was just making a trip because they are in the Congaree River Basin, you know, and all that, which is connected to this. Yes. But for Lake Murray, None that I could confirm or ever been told of. Um, I, I don't know if, God forbid, in a matter of time that it happens. No, let's not jinx it. Let's not jinx it, Jason. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be like Lake Moultrie and Lake Marion, but those two lakes are full of them. I grew up on Lake Marion, and they're full of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a problem. You get, you get one and they, and they multiply. All right, just to close it up, because we're running out of time, Jason, that story from the snakes, that, that 100 snakes that you were about to tell, and yeah, Alison kept interrupting you. <laughs> I don't need the snake story. <laughs> I'll have nightmares. This is going to trip you out. Um, <clears throat> this has probably been, we've been in business for over 20 years. It's probably 19 years ago. I got it we, when we ran emergency calls. We don't run them anymore just because my guys are already working 60 hour weeks and you get burnt out in this job, it can get dangerous quick. Um, so I try to regulate what we do. But I got an emergency call one night, frantic lady. She said, I've got a snake in my bathtub. I mm. said, Okay, yes, ma'am, got all the information. Da -da 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 -da. It's three in the morning. And it's in Blythewood, new construction. They had literally moved in the house three weeks ago. Um, and whenever I get there, you know, I'm I'm going to, I got my bucket, I got my tongs, you know, I'm ready to rock and roll. I look like, you know, I look like I'm supposed to. 
Uh, it's a little worse for wear because it's three o'clock in the morning and I'd work till dark that day. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I, she's like, it's in the bathroom. She, it's in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been the same way. She, she wasn't playing with this thing. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> and whenever and she, she had a towel up under the door and she, what they did was they had a, a custom call bathtub put in. Do you know what I'm talking about? Old porcelain yeah. tub? Okay. They, you know, you don't see them anymore, but they had it because it was an heirloom. Couldn't find out. So I walk in the bathroom and then it just. Ooh. That doesn't sound like a snake. It's a rattlesnake. I look back the curtain and there's a mouse running the rim in like a centrifugal force. It's keeping him up on the, like near the rim. Mm-hmm. And there's a rattlesnake, there's a rattlesnake at the bottom of this tub. Oh my god! Now, people misidentify snakes all the time. Uh, I did not. Uh, I promise you that that was a healthy, mature rattlesnake that followed piping through because it was new construction. It sat open, and then. They had a couple modifications done to the plumbing. When the plumbers came out, they knocked the holes out. Mm-hmm. So they, they couldn't leave. The foundation, and they knocked holes out for that porcelain tub. And all it did was allow Avenue to come in because all he was doing was tracking food. And that, and the, and I wish I had a video camera at the time. Yeah. I see the mouth run around the rim as a rattlesnake is at the bottom. Just waiting. Just waiting. Oh my goodness. Now we have so are they are they local those rattlesnakes? Or you thought that somebody yeah. brought it in? Yeah? Yeah, yeah there's there's three venomous snakes that we deal with. In my opinion, the copperhead is the most aggressive. I've been struck twice in a matter of a split second mm-hmm. on my leg. Now luckily I was wearing snake boots and I protected myself. Yeah. But it from you don't have time to react. Yeah. Okay, whenever he's coming at you, he's coming at you, and he struck me twice within milliseconds. And then we have the uh, cottonmouth, mm-hmm. the water moccasin, mm-hmm. and then we had the rap snake. So mm-hmm. those are the three that we have locally that we deal with from time to time. Copperheads being one of those that have been, I've gotten them out of pool skimmers, I've gotten them out of, you know, crawl spaces, bedrooms, you name it, I've done it. Yeah, they're pretty common. I haven't seen a I haven't seen a water moccasin yet, and I haven't seen a rattlesnake, but I've seen a couple copperheads. Uh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful snake. I, I don't mind. They are. Yeah. They're beautiful, but man. Yeah, I hear you. Well, Jason, I know now, and uh, that if I see a, a one bat, call you immediately because <laughs> yeah. that means that I could have six hundred there in there. More. Um, Addison. I I thoroughly I could talk to you all day about these stories. This is awesome. So we yeah, listen. I've got a bunch of them, Allison. I I'm gonna write a book when I retire. You oh, you totally should. I would Absolutely. love to. We would love to read it. But we appreciate your time and mm-hmm. definitely know who to call now and send clients to if they have problems as well because they're not gonna get any help from the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just to let you know from the real estate side. Um, you know, we have a lot of realtors that use us because that inspection happens and they find something. Yep. Knock on wood, we've never, ever had a closing hold up because of anything that we did. Great to know. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Jason, pleasure talking to you and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Same, same here. Let's do it again.
sometime. I got more stories. Oh, oh yeah, this is that. Perfect. Sounds good. Take care. Bye, Jason. Bye, guys. Thank you. That was Jason Brabham with Critter Ritter out of Lexington. That was probably one of the most interesting podcasts we've had yet. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. You like you like you like critters, right? I hate so I hate critters, but I was so fascinated by mm -hmm. his stories. What about you? Me? Yeah, I was telling you before you cut me off to get the interview <laughs> in. I was telling you about I don't really care about animals, and then I don't, you didn't tell me yours. So I don't do snakes. And that was it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs> I don't do mice. Snakes, mice, spiders. Uh, spider. I mean, I'll, I'll kill them. I'm not gonna like catch and release like he does. But uh, raccoons. I had a baby raccoon. As a pet. Well, yes. When I was young, um, we bottle fed them until they got big enough to live on their own. Do so you like that cartoon <laughs> that had all these wild animals? Yeah, we. Um, yes. I grew um, up in the country. That's what I, we did. I, I know, I know, mm -hmm. I know. You're you're a redneck in disguise. I know. What about yeah. possums? No, I don't like possums, but I'm not like afraid of them. You're not afraid of mm -hmm. possums? No. Like you know, I was thinking of your question, um, and I was probably gonna go there until you cut me off. Not that I really care, but you know, cutting me off, like yeah, I couldn't tell. So one of the things like going into attics, mm -hmm. you know, and you pull your head in. I'm always, oh, yeah. uh, please don't have a possum just staring at me. Right because there. That that's probably one fear that I have. You know, when I walk, go into attic. So what I do now is I pull my phone or my flashlight. I turn it around. <laughs> you know, I do some, Make noise. some noise. Yeah, hey, I don't scare you. You don't scare me, buddy. Okay. That's right. Uh, we. I can live with you, you know, I can, I can hang out with you, but, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. I know what you mean. So well, that was great. Yeah, it was good. The only thing is that we don't have much time left. I know. Well, but it's time well spent. Time I well guess. spent, yes. And that was great that we finally had a super expert on on on, on this saying that there are no alligators in Lake Murray. He answered the question everybody has. Yes. Well, not everybody. Like, there is a everybody. bunch of people out there that say, yes, there's alligators. And they, they will swear by it. Listen, I don't know. But Jason knows. Jason knows. Mm -hmm. What else? That's all. That's all? Yep. That's all we That's all seen. I have today. That's the show? That's it. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, if you have any critters. Call Jason with Critter Ritter. Bye. See you.